You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiasts, presented by me, Daniel Axerhouse. Listen whilst folding washing, doing your day-to-day commute, or even whilst you're faffing around trying to change your exhaust. Whatever you're doing, I promise to make your day a little less boring, with some fun and interesting motor talk. Anyway, engage launch control, it's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 11 of the first series of the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Actorhouse, recorded on the 12th of June 2020. In this show, it's uh, this show this show's themed all around sports cars and specifically affordable, I say affordable, they're not really affordable, but affordable sports cars and the car reviewed this week is the Alpine A110. So if you're interested in this car or you want to buy one, if you're going to buy one, buy one quickly, because Alpine are in a very unusual uh, position at the moment, uh, then buy one quickly. Uh, but listen to this show first because you'll find out some little bits and bobs about it. And then there's um, a top 10 list of other affordable sports cars. So if you're in the market for a sports car and the Alpine A110 is not the one for you, then stick around because this show is going to be the show for you. And if you haven't already, remember to subscribe to the Piston Podcast if if you're on that type of platform. I think you can Apple Podcasts. I'm not sure about Spotify. I don't really know. I don't know how it works. And remember to give it a positive review um, because I just wanted to talk about this quickly. Uh, something I didn't know. On Chartable, which is a website, uh, you get podcast charts specifically for iTunes uh, I didn't know. I didn't know there was such thing as a, a chart for podcasts. So I had a little nosy, just you know, just for a bit of fun, at the automotive podcast chart, and I was shocked when I was scrolled down because I bumped into the Piston Podcast at position sixty-one out of two hundred and seventeen, and sixty-one doesn't sound like a lot, but to me, trust me, that is amazing. And uh, actually, this podcast is higher in the chart, which means it's better. Then Mike Brewer's podcast, Mike Brewer of Wheeler Dealers, and to me that's that's a fantastic achievement. So really, I'd just like to thank every one of you that are listening now because, well, I, I wouldn't be at that position, well the podcast wouldn't be at that position if it wasn't for all of you listening, because otherwise it would just be me talking to a microphone in my bedroom like a complete loner. Um, not only that though, a few days ago, the Piston Podcast was at number 30 on the automotive podcast chart for iTunes on Chartable, which is outstanding. And that was last Friday, um, which would be just over a week ago when this podcast comes out. Um, I just I just can't believe it. I saw it and I was like, what on earth is happening? Like this pandemic is stirring up all sorts of nonsense. Like the Piston podcast, a podcast with me on it, is in the podcast chart. I can't believe it. It's pretty overwhelming. Um, so yeah, I'd just like to thank every single one of you for that. Because... It's greatly appreciated. Your support is fantastic. Um, And also, just quickly before we actually get started with the podcast, if you'd like to be a guest, you'd like to promote your business, or you'd like to promote what you do that's car-related, or you just want to come on for a bit of car chat, which is greatly welcomed, then do get in in contact. Email thepistonpodcast at gmail.com with a bit about you and why you'd like to be on the podcast, and I will get back to you, and maybe you can be on the podcast, like Manav last week and like Matthew a few weeks ago. And if you'd like to listen to them podcasts, then you can do. Just have a look. Scroll down on whatever you're on, on your phone or on your computer. Anyway, I'd just like to kick off by talking about a car, funnily enough, because it's a car podcast. And specifically, the Nissan Figaro. Now, you're probably shaking your heads. Or if you don't know what that car is, probably like squinting or something. The Nissan Figaro is a car uh, from the 90s or late 80s. I, can't, I don't really know, actually. And it's a very unusual one. It's a Japanese car. And... 
it's unusual. Just search it up on your other device, or actually with podcasts, you can keep open in the background, I think. So just press your home button, or swipe up, whatever device you're using, and just search up Nissan Figaro, and just have a look at some of the pictures, and you'll know what I'm on about. Because if, if, if somebody would have showed me a Nissan Figaro about a year ago, I would have, like, I don't know, really doubted it, and I would have said, why would you buy one of them? But only recently, I've, I've sort of realised, actually, they're quite cute. And they're quite nice, and you can't really call, call a car cute, really, but there's a few of them that just gives you an exception, really, to call them cute. And San Figaro is one of them cars. It's unusual, yet it's fantastic. And when you see one, when you see a person in a Figaro, you instantly know, especially if they're a man, that, yeah, they're, they're good people, because you got to have some guts to drive around in a Figaro in uh, 2020 in Britain, uh, when everybody's roaring around in PCP BMWs. But yeah, it's an unusual car, really, and I want to know your thoughts. That's why I've brought it up. Do tweet me at DanielCars05, or give me a DM or something on Instagram, DanielCars05. Just let me know what you think of the Figaro, because I want to know if I'm the only one that actually doesn't mind the car and quite likes them and sees the appeal, or whether I'm just... Oh, maybe there's a complete fandom out there that really, really likes them. I know Johnny Smith of Fifth Gear and his YouTube channel, Carper, but his wife has got one. And um, it's it's very nice. I just I just like Figaro's. I don't know why what's happened with me, but I'm known as the teenager now that likes Nissan Figaro's and Fiat Pandas and Fiat One Two Sixes and those types of weird cars. It's unusual, and I probably should be punished. But oh well, that's just me, isn't it? Let's do some car news and let's get Nissan Figaro's 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 out of my brain because. It's, it's dangerous, isn't it? Because I'll start looking online, and that's not good. Uh, Gran Turismo 7 is finally official on the new PS5, and that's the new PlayStation, if you're a bit like me and haven't got a clue um, about gaming or anything like that. So this is a new Gran Turismo game. I've never played Gran Turismo in my life. Uh, I'm sure it's very good, but I just don't know, so I can't really say much about it, sorry. Uh, Aston Martin has officially confirmed that the new DBX will receive new versions. There'll probably be a family variant and a hybrid version coming soon. Now, this is an unusual car, the DBX, because a lot of SUVs, they're a bit pointless. You sort of don't know what they're trying to do. But the DBX actually looks quite good. It's not like the Yaris, where it sort of looks a bit strange and out of place, and a bit like an Audi. Cough, cough. Um, But this Aston Martin DBX actually looks very, very pretty. And I don't know if I can say that about an SUV. I'm probably going to get punished in the reviews. Don't give the podcast a bad review because I've said that, please. I beg. Um, but I might be the only one again. Get in contact. Let me know your thoughts. Um, Richard Hammond and James May, apparently, um, this this will be in the past, actually, when you're listening to this podcast, so apologise. Um, but apparently they're going live on Zoom while they drink gin and reassemble a blender. Um, huh. I don't really get how they're going to do that when they're away from each other. Maybe they're in the same building, two metres apart. Who knows? I don't. But there we go. Bit of useless content there, because it'll be in the past, after all, um, when you hear this. Bentley recalls 6,000 Bentley Bentaygas after a fuel line leak. So yeah, it's really not going well for Bentley at the moment. They're recalling a load of cars because of some issues, um, which is not very good. I actually drove past Bentley a few days ago, and then again a few weeks ago, uh, going to the tip, actually. Because if you know Bentley and Crew, which is very local to me, opposite Bentley, there is Crew Tip. Um, which will be going soon because Bentley are buying the land, and I'm sure Bentley get a bit frustrated when David Beckham turns up in his other Bentley to buy a Bentley, and then there's just a tip full of stinky men and stuff like that. 
I just don't really know. But yeah, not going off of Bentley. But Bentley at the moment, they've got rid of all of their cars from their main showroom, the CW1 showroom. No, CW2 showroom. CW1? I'm not really sure. Postcodes. But um, yeah, they've got no cars in their actual showroom. It's just all chairs scattered about. All of the cars are actually in the forecourt. So if you're wanting to go to Bentley to have a look at cars, then just don't go now. Um, Fraudster uses COVID relief money to purchase a muscle car garage for himself. Apparently, he also gave a couple of cars to his family members. How excessively thoughtful, it says here. Um, this is this is not good. I do not advise this, because that's quite cruel. Are you using relief money for COVID-19, which is a word you've all heard before, also known as the coronavirus, to buy a muscle car garage and load of muscle cars? It's not very good, is it? I don't know what to think of that. Believe it or not, uh, there's a Mazda truck coming, and it's targeting the Ford F-150 to be a rival. Um, and that's that's quite good news, because Mazda are on a roll at the moment. I'm being overtaken by countless Mazdas at the moment, and I always think, blimey, they're on a roll at the moment, aren't they? I just think they're very, very nice. Um, the first ever 3D-printed McLaren 720S has been made. I don't really know why that's useful, but it has been. Um, so why the, while the mechanics are reliably while the mechanics are reliably McLaren, the body is where the 3D work has been carried out. So 3D printed 720s. I don't really get that. That might just be me that's being a bit grumpy, but I don't I don't see the point. Why? It is interesting. It's just like the Lego McLaren Senna. I saw that at Goodwood, and it was very nice. But what are they trying to achieve, apart from a place in the Guinness World Records? Maybe that's why they're doing it. I don't really know. Tesla employees test positive for the coronavirus. One employee claimed that they don't feel safe. Quote. Um, it's not very good, is it? I think at the moment a lot of countries and companies and stuff like that are focusing more on money and the economy than people's lives. And this is not a, polit- a political show at all. And we don't talk about that sort of, that sort of stuff. But just a little thought. Very rare political thought for you all there. Uh, let's get back to cars, because that's what I know best. There's a new Porsche Cayenne GTS, and it's a 460 brake horsepower V8 SUV. That corners. Yes, that's right. It's an SUV, a V8 SUV, that's built for cornering. Um, and this Porsche has given the GTS its V8 rumble back after a while of not having V8s. So yeah, this is good news and bad news, I suppose. It depends uh, where you stand in the CO2 positions and stuff like that. It's bad for the environment, I'm sure, but it's it sounds nice, I suppose. But an SUV that corners, I just don't think that's needed, to be honest. I don't I don't see it. Don't see the point. Um, so this is quite bad news, and we want to finish off some of the car news, I think, for this show uh, with some bad news. And I do apologise, but Hans Menz- Mesger, I can't really pronounce his name, I think he's German, um, and he was the um, Porsche... Um, the person um, who, he, he's known as the father of Porsche's engines. He sadly died at the age of 90. Um, so let's let's give this podcast two hands um, as a little tribute. So, yeah, you made some fantastic engines. I'm sure you didn't make them in the factory and stuff like that, but you certainly designed them, or whatever you did. So, yeah, let's pay tribute to him. And if you have a Porsche, just rev it in honour of him. If you're, if you're very lucky if you have a Porsche, I should point out. Anyway, let's move on from that dreary, not very uplifting subject, and let's let's just 
get straight on with the car review, I think. Let's just get on with it. This week, I mentioned I am reviewing the Alpine A110, and it's a fantastic car, and I think it's one of the best affordable, I say affordable in inverted commas, affordable sports cars on sale. But I don't think it'll be on sale for a while, because Alpine are in trouble, not many people are buying them, and they're not getting a massive profit in, which means that Renault, the owner of Alpine now, um, could axe the company and the A110, which is... It's it's really, really bad news, because the A110 is it's a fantastic car. When, when it came out a few years ago, people were overwhelmed. James May bought one um, after reviewing one, which means it must have been fantastic. But anyway, if you want to buy an RP1 A110, then they start at £46,900. And I think that might be part of the reason they're not selling. I just think it's a lot of money for a car with a 1.8 16-valve turbo engine. I'm not sure. But then again, that engine is all you need. Because it's a very sensible engine, it does about 44 mpg, claimed, it's probably wrong, it probably does about 38 in the real world. But it's still good, um, but it's all it's all of the engine you need, I think, to be honest, even though it doesn't sound very beastly. Because it's very, very light, it only weighs just over a tonne, weighing in at 1,103 kilos, or something silly like that. Um, it's rear-wheel drive, it's mid-engined, well mid-rear to be precise actually, uh, and it's very precise around the corners, Um it's just it's that's where its focus the A110 is around the corners it produces 252 brake horsepower and uh, 236 pound foot of torque no idea what that is in newton meters which is what i tend to go by um which is the same i didn't do my math before i'm sorry about that not 60 of the alpine a110 is 4.5 seconds which is a tenth quicker than the porsche cayman s now which one would you have um, out of the A110 and the Cayman S. Now I've driven a Cayman, I've never driven an A110, but I think I'd probably st- I'd probably go for an Alpine to be honest, because I just think they're a bit more uh, rarer, if that's a word, I'm not really sure, and they're just a bit more special at the end of the day, aren't they? Top speed of the A110 is 155 miles per hour. CO2 emissions, very important subject this, especially in today's day, 144 grams per kilometer, which isn't terrible for a sports car. If you put that next to some other sports cars, it's it's quite respectable. Obviously, we need to get that to zero because we need to save the planet. It comes with two seats and two doors, so if you're a family man or a family woman, then it's maybe not the car for you. Maybe it's a good second car. I'm not really sure because it's not like a massive V12 that is really consuming. This is quite sensible if you've got the massive load of money it takes to buy one. But then again, I suppose not many people buy cars outright anymore. It's mostly PCP. So in that case, A110 would prove to be quite affordable, I think. Um, but there we go. If um, the A110 is not for you, then do stick around for the top 10 list. But some of the rivals do consist of the Porsche Cayman S, the Alfa Romeo 4C, which is stunning, and the Lotus Elise and the Exige, and some other cars like that, really. Just sort of not like Porsche 911 standards, but just normal sports cars that are nice and light and you can just chuck them around and they're just nice pros and cons some pros it's very very precise in the steering area you can just chuck it around a corner and it'll make it it has enough power it doesn't have a lot of power but it has enough it looks pretty it's got a retro 60s 60s design and that i've i think was the reason some car um testers mocked it i think because it had a retro design and people weren't keen at first but I am actually quite a big fan of the retro design. Is it just me? Now, you may not know, but there was an A110 back in the 60s, and that was stunning. And they've tried to make this new modern version look modern, but still look retro, and they've done a good job. It's a bit like the Figaro I talked about at the start. It looks retro, but in 
sort of a modern way, in a way. Um, so yeah, it's definitely an interesting car. Cons, the price, it just seems, it just sounds a bit too much for the car it is. It's got limited storage. If you're doing a long road trip, there's nowhere to really put your stuff. The boot at the front, the frunk, is ridiculously tiny. It's almost unusable. Um, and there's no seat adjustment, apparently, um, which is not great for people tall and maybe even small. I don't know, it just doesn't seem right. I do believe the pedals move, but I may be wrong, so don't quote me. Um, it's best to, if, you, if you're in the market for an Alpine, maybe just go and see one, see if you fit in one, maybe, um, because you wouldn't want to buy one and then get into it and realise you can't even reach the pedals. I don't know, it wouldn't be very successful, would it? Now, I'm going to give a Piston Podcast rating of 5 out of 5. I tend to give most cars a 5 out of 5, but that's because the cars I review are the cars I like most of the time. So it's generally always going to be a high rating. But the question is with this car, it's not about how it drives and everything, it's the pronunciation of the name. Is it Alpine or is it Alpine? Now, I hear people say Alpine, and when they say Alpine, it makes me shiver in disgust. But I think it's Alpine. That's just what I think it is. And it's a French brand, and that's how they would say it. So I think it is Alpine. But again, let me know on social media. There's been so many Twitter rows on car Twitter, as most people call it. Um, Alpine or Alpine. But yeah, it's it's Alpine. So anybody that says Alpine, you're wrong. Now, if the Alpine A110 is not for you, then don't worry and don't click off the podcast because I'm going to give you a top 10 list of the best affordable sports cars courtesy of Autocar. This is off the Autocar website. So if you go to autocar.com, Scroll down to the bottom, or maybe .co.uk actually, I'm not sure. Scroll down to the bottom and then have a look at the top 10 lists because they're addictive for any car nerd like me and like you listening. So, at number 10 for affordable sports cars is the Ford Mustang. And I'm not really sure if I'd class that as a, as a uh, sports car. It's more of a muscle car, isn't it? But I don't know. I've driven the new Mustang. It was very nice and you feel very cool. But you need chewing gum when you're driving one, really, to finish off the look. Number 9 is the Audi TT RS, which again is really nice. I like pretty much all of the cars in this list. And number 8 is the Lotus Elise Sport. And number 7 is the BMW Z4 M40i. And number 6 is the Toyota GT86 slash Subaru BRZ, because after all they are the same car, inevitably. And number 5 is the Mazda MX-5, which is just great, isn't it? It just doesn't look too rorty. But it's just again, it's all the power you need. We had a Mark 1 MX-5. And it didn't really encourage you to go fast. It just encouraged you to enjoy the drive and enjoy just taking it easy, really. just allows you to breathe, really, freely. And it's just a, just it just gives you pleasure. It's just such a lovely car. And before is another lovely car. It's a Toyota GR Supra, which I saw at Goodwood last year. And it looks great. I think they've done a fantastic job designing it. People aren't keen, though, because they think I'd rather have an old Supra. But I don't know. I think I'd rather have a new one, to be honest. And number three is the Porsche 718 or 718, depending on how you say it, Boxster and the Cayman. I drove the Cayman, um, and it just seemed so direct. And that was two years ago, actually, a few days ago. There's a little thanks for you. And number two is the BMW M2 Competition, or M2 Comp, if you want to sound cool. Chris Harris recently bought an M2, and he, his spec is amazing. He got it in a black with golden wheels, and he got an Akrapovich exhaust fitted to it as well. I did put a video on his Instagram, at HarrisMonkey, lovely username, um, with the exhaust in action on a drive. And it just it just sounds so great. And I think the spec is right as well. Because Chris Harris is not keen on tinted windows at all. Because the law in England, if you don't know, and if you live abroad, um, is that you're allowed tinted at the back and tinted right at the back. 
but you're not allowed it at the front, so it can make a car look a bit off on our Pandora HP. It's got tinted windows at the back, and I kind of like them and I kind of don't, because it sort of makes the car look like it's in half. Like, I don't know, it just doesn't look right. Um, or you can do what Yanni from Yanomise does, the supercar customizer, and just tints all the glass, keeps them all tinted until the police comes and then retints it. So that's what he does. <laughs> but yeah, I think his spec is pretty incredible. And at number one, would you like to guess? There's one car we've all been forgetting from this list. It's the Alpine A110. And if it is at number one, it means it's probably the car for you. But if you want a more affordable, uh, not more affordable, more practical car, and by practical I mean for space and for seats and stuff like that, I'd probably go for the M2 competition, or maybe even a standard M2 because they don't fail to impress. Maybe a Mustang, but I'd probably go for the M2 or the M2 competition, depending if you've got the money. Because um, there's quite a big price difference. They're expensive cars. But yeah, there's the top 10 list of affordable sports cars. If you have an affordable sports car, or maybe even a sports car, let's just call it a sports car, because let's face it, none of these cars are affordable, then um, you might want a nice road to take it to. And this leads to the segment that I like to call My Way or Highway. And in this segment, um, basically I explain a nice road, and you can take My Way, which is the road I review, or you can take the highway, simple bugger off and take the highway. So this week, My Way Highway is the Evo Triangle, and it was named after Evo Magazine, who test cars there regularly, um, and they test all sorts of cars there, and it wasn't named Evo Triangle beforehand, it wasn't just like, okay, we're Evo Magazine, let's find a road that is called Evo Triangle. No, they tested cars there, and the road actually got named after the magazine. It's a very good magazine as well. I still think that Evo Magazine have some of the best photographers it's just stunning. Some of their front covers are just mesmerising. They're just so good. Um, it's one of the most talked about roads in the UK, actually. So if you want to impress your mates in, in your Fiesta ST or whatever you're in, maybe even you, maybe you're in your Alpine or your affordable sports car, in inverted commas, um, then go to the Evo Triangle because then you can go to your mates and say, oh, mate, I drove down the Evo Triangle. And they'll be like, no way. You can really impress them. It's located in North Wales, so if you're around North Wales, it's definitely a place to go. I'm not far from North Wales. I'm about an hour away, just under an hour. So I reckon when lockdown's over, and when lockdown's over in Wales, and it's all safe to go out, I'll probably be going over there, as well as Horseshoe Pass, which I talked about a few um, weeks ago. But I'm going to give it a moi rating. Moi. That sounds like a kiss. Uh, which is a my way or highway rating of... 4.5 out of 5. It's not a 5, because I think after a while, after a while, you probably get a bit bored. I don't know. It's lovely roads, but the scenery, I think it just gets a bit repetitive. It's all just grass and sheep and grass and sheep. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been there, so if I do go there, I'll let you know, for all of you interesting car people listening at home. Um, what else is there to do? Because we've come up to about 23, 24 minutes of the podcast, and I think I've run out of things to say, because the problem with me podcasting is I talk far too quickly, um, which is which is not great at all. Um, let's just do some little promotions. Um, if you're not interested, just tune out, listen to another show, or stick around, because I might remember something to talk about at the end of the show. Who knows? Um, in fact, I, I, have, I have actually got some conversation, so this is uh, sort of interesting, in a way. Um, our Pandunjad HP that we got, if you want to see a picture, then head to my social media, give me a follow, at DanielCars05, plug, very discreet plug, not very discreet anymore, because I keep going on about it, hashtag plug, um, but yeah, it had, we bought it, not knowing it had a bit of a faulty power steering uh, motor, 
I think it was the motor anyway. Um, and it was just a bit funny. And it just used to cut out and it'd go beep. And then the power string would just cut out. And then you'd have to switch off and on again. And it would work again. But it was just getting a bit frustrating. And it started doing it about two weeks into the ownership. And it did it about once a journey. Maybe no times a journey. But then it got up to about a week ago. Where it started to do it like seven or eight times a journey. And when you don't expect it then it's quite daunting, I suppose. You're going around a roundabout and all of a sudden the power steering cuts out. Luckily, it weighs under a ton, so it's not too heavy. And it doesn't involve a massive amount of wrestling. Um, but, yeah, it, we got a new battery for it because we thought it might need one. The old battery that was in it was a Uasa battery, um, which should have been good. It's about a year and a half old, which is quite young for a battery. But the car was laid down in the garage for about a year uh, by the previous owner. So... The chances are it's probably just drained over time. We put the new battery in, and this was a... Oh, I can't remember what battery it was. can't remember, sorry. I can't let you know. Um, but we put the new battery in. It's got a bit of a higher capacity. And so far, fingers crossed, it's been okay. It tends to cut out about once a journey, if that. So I've got all my fingers and all my toes crossed and everything crossed in my house that it won't get worse. Because if it does get worse then you might need a new power steering motor, and they cost about £300, which is quite a lot of money for a Fiat Panda, I suppose, at the end of the day, isn't it? But we might just have to live with it, to be honest. Um, it wasn't the end of the world, though, if um, the battery wasn't the answer, because our Toyota Yaris, that will be up for sale soon, yeah, just letting you know, one litre, only done 60,000 miles, yeah, yeah, advert. Um, but yeah, that needed a new battery desperately, because it was like six years old, and it just struggled to start after like two days. It's getting a bit of a joke. So we put the old battery in the Panda into the Toyota because it was still fine for that car. It's got less electronical gubbins in it. And that car's been perfect. It starts first time after like weeks. So yeah, it's good. That car hasn't been used a lot um, because my dad tends to cycle to work so he doesn't need a car. Um, but yeah, there's some updates of uh, our driveway going on about some of the cars. Our Renault Scenic that we got on the drive as well. We've got three cars. We're not millionaires. They're very boring cars. Um, it's a bit of a problem at the moment. Uh, you start up and there's like blue smoke coming out of the exhaust. It's like, ooh, crikey. That's not very good. But high rev sorts it, sorts it out. It just needs a cough, really. I reckon it's got the dreaded virus. Um, but who knows, really. Um, right, we're coming up to the end of the podcast. So thank you very much for listening. Um, I am off to have a look at a garden because I'm going to mow their lawn um, for some teenage pocket money um, nothing much has gone on today today I did some bike maintenance to my bikes on Sunday, this Sunday coming the day that this podcast is released uh, I'm waking up really early in the morning about 3 or 4am because I'm going out on my bike with my friend Matthew who was on the podcast a few weeks ago uh, in the pitch black to watch the sunrise um, which is which should be very nice on the bikes um, but on my comfortable bike, my hybrid bike, um, the rear, the whole rear is sieged, so that's in bits, so I can't take that, so I've had to resort to my racing bike, which is not a problem, I do really like that, it's fast, but when it's early in the morning and I'm grumpy, which I always am, I don't know, it'd be quite uncomfortable, and I probably swear a lot or something, anyway, if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, remember to subscribe to the podcast and give it a five star rating, that's if you really like it, uh, if you're on Spotify, do whatever you do on Spotify, if you subscribe, then do it. Give it a review, I don't know. Let's climb them automotive charts on Chartable. I wonder if I can see, actually, what the position is today. I'll get it up on my phone, live on my phone, and I'll I'll just let you know. Um, let me go to Chartable, charts overview. Let's do a 
Safari refresh. Go. It's not very good, is it? I might have to cut to the sea. Oh no, no, it's here. Uh, today, uh, Apple Podcast, the Piston Podcast, has, it's gone down a bit. It's at eighty-three, but that's because there hasn't been an episode in nearly a week. Um, so yeah, when the new episode comes out on Sunday, just, just yeah, let's try and climb them charts back to where I was at thirty, maybe even more. And we'll beat Mike Brewer, and we'll stay above Mike Brewer, maybe even more. Maybe we'll beat Johnny Smith and Richard Porter. Who knows? In the meantime, stay safe, everybody. Do not catch the virus, because it's horrible. I've not had it myself, but I've heard stories, and it just sounds horrible. Um, remember to follow me on social media, at DanielCarzo5. And I will see you next week for another podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiasts, presented by me, Daniel Axerhouse. Listen whilst folding washing, doing your day-to-day commute, or even whilst you're faffing around trying to change your exhaust. Whatever you're doing, I promise to make your day a little less boring, with some fun and interesting motor talk. Anyway, engage launch control, it's time for the Piston Podcast.